This week's podcast brought to you by Budgie Smugglers. This morning, our youngest daughter said to me while we were sitting in the kitchen, Mom, do you think it's ever happened where two people in the world are having the same thought at the exact same time? And you from the other room waited a beat and then said, I was just thinking that. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hello again. <laughs> Hello. We're coming do you, off. Uh, do you want to know where we are in the uh, the weekly tally? No, I mean, I'm not even acknowledging it anymore. Can I? Sure. We've completed seven weeks. <laughs> why? Why are you so interested in we're, cataloging? We're in the, the eighth week of quantifying of, it. We're in the eighth week. Two months. Is that of, the first trimester? The, no, the first trimester is three months. Well, that's if it's a nine-month quarantine. Right. Well, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what the, the gestation period is for this quarantine, so it could be the first trimester. Do we know if we're having a boy or a girl? <laughs> Has there been a, will there we be a, a, a vaccine reveal? Can you imagine if that's how they did it? In this day and age, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if it, when it explodes, if it's red, we don't have a vaccine. If it explodes and it's green, we do. The, the vaccine reveal. I think that you should definitely put that idea out but there. After, after how many did you say, eight weeks? We're in our eighth week. After yes. seven weeks of quarantine, stay at home, and for us, rain. Yes. We had the most beautiful weekend, I think, ever in Connecticut this past weekend. It was spectacular. It was like 70 degrees, sunny, not buggy yet. A s- slight breeze. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. It really was perfect weather. It was, uh, and so bizarre, juxtaposed in the middle of everything that's happening in the world and in our country. But uh, it was lovely. You, the, there's a um, a game preserve not not that far from where we live that has great hiking trails, and the parking lots for that were packed. But because it's so huge, even though the parking lots were packed, you could still go for hikes and walks and barely pass a soul. You preserve um, game while you were there. <laughs> and uh, I actually went with our daughter and my friend and her daughter and we, the rocks that we painted. You were um, socially distant. Yes, we were socially distant. That goes without saying. Hopefully. Emotionally distant. Um, the rocks that we painted, we went and brought them into the... Um, we returned them to their rightful homes in the nature preserve. And I actually posted pictures of the painted rocks uh, and the views that they have now um, on our Instagram page at Ball and Chain Podcast. And I hiked there with our son yesterday and his socially distant buddy. Yeah. And I saw many of those rocks. And when we got to the, the very peak, the summit, when we, when we were literally, and in my case, metaphorically, alone at the summit, our son's friend said, edged up to near the edge of the, of the, it's not really a cliff. It's, because, like where you can, it's a beautiful lookout spot. Yeah, lookout spot. He said, this is as far as the camp counselor would let me go last summer. And then he took about five steps 
more and said, and this is how far I want to go. <laughs> I don't even like going near the edge of the edge. I just, it, it's not a feeling that I enjoy. It truly is a beautiful spot though. And uh, then we found out as we're recording this Tuesday, we found out this morning that school, the governor of Connecticut has um, made it official that school will not reopen for the rest of the 2020 spring uh, season. Which was of no surprise. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it seemed like it was just a formality. Yeah. So that's the big news. Um, well, there was bigger news. I, I like that you're breaking news now on, well, we, we should get you a um, a breaking news musical theme. Well, but, can, and let me just add this because I found out about school, the schools being officially closed um, from a text from one of my friends who has five children. And I just think this sums up beautifully how a lot of us are feeling right now. And she said, I'm so relieved about the schools, but at the same time, I just want to sit in a corner and cry. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly it. You're relieved because of course our children shouldn't be going back to school. But at the same time, you want to sit in a corner and cry because of Because they will be going to school at home or because of the broader implications? This friend has a son who's a senior in high school and, you know, misses his whole spring sporting season. Who knows what's going to happen with graduation? All that stuff. There's just like so many emotions wrapped up in you're relieved that hopefully your kids are going to stay safe. But at the same time. There's so much that's sad about this, including the fact that they're now going to be home all the time doing their work from home. Well, speaking of uh, sad, I don't want this to be a complete downer, but um, last night after dinner, you made a lovely dinner, sausage and peppers grilled on the... Don't forget the tomatoes. Tomatoes. And and afterwards, because I think, I think, gee whiz, you deserve a break. Rebecca. Is that what you were thinking? That's what I was thinking. Okay. I said, let me clean up. <laughs> Which, to Do your credit. you know where I'm going with this? I don't know, but to okay. your credit, during this entire quarantine, because I've been making a lot more meals than I normally would. By quarantine, every, you mean marriage? Yeah. <laughs> every night I, when I'm cleaning up the table and I'm over at the kitchen sink cleaning up, you say, let me clean up. And I very much appreciate that because that's not something that you would typically say after every meal pre-quarantine, you, but you are now and well, I very because, much appreciate Because it. I would be considered a lunatic if I were to say, let me clean up to the void at the kitchen sink when you're in Phoenix or... <laughs> or rushing out to bring one of our kids to a Or, or, or on the road. So, so, so yeah, Fair enough. But I do. I have very much appreciated And, and you as you know, and all, of, all of the meals I prepare when you're away are based on how little cleanup is possible. Of course. So I said, let me clean up. And do you recall what you said? I think I continued to scrub some of the pots and And when pans. I said, please stop, I'm going to clean up, you said, yes, but when you clean up, I always <laughs> have to end up having to clean up again in the morning. The, well, the, the, the pots that you scrubbed require re-scrubbing the next morning. I didn't realize that after I was cleaning these things, <laughs> drying them and putting them away, you were taking them this out is, again and re-cleaning them. Well, this How is long the has thing. this been going on? No, it's, it's twofold. One, often, if, you're, like, if something needs to soak for a little while, like, God bless you. Excuse me. If something, Allergies. If something needs to soak for a little while... You'll let you let the pot soak, and then yeah, I, I, I let the pot soak. <laughs> and the soapy water. And when I come down, let and the, let the soap the, do the work. Th- yes, absolutely. But I'll come it's down. It's like the golf swing. <laughs> let the club do the work. 
point at me when it when I can talk. <laughs> this is me pointing <laughs> okay. at you. Okay. So, but then if I'm the first one who comes down in the morning, oftentimes the pots or the pans are still soaking, and then I end up scrubbing them anyway. But the second part of it, and this is what I was talking but about But I've, I've done the work for you. I've <laughs> soaked them so that you don't have to scrub. So this is the part I was referring to yesterday. You um, you had cleaned one of the, the pots and dried it and left it on the counter, which is totally fine. But when I went to put it away in the cabinet, I looked, and it wasn't really clean. It and there was. was also and there was also a bowl that wasn't really clean. It still had some batter or something like not, sort of stuck to the side, and it looked true. like there was clearly an attempt to clean it. No. but it was also a failed attempt. <laughs> so I then no when I when I scrub a pot, I, I need to. I, I want you to say what you did next when I pointed you. But when I scrub a pot, I imagine, and this is the God's honest truth, I imagine Gordon Ramsay on one of those shouty profane uh, restaurant cleanup shows watching me and telling me that's not a that's not the way to scrub a pot so I, I try to scrub it thoroughly well that and is then, what he would be saying because there's something that you're doing that's not quite right because that the day when I went to put the stuff away it was already washed and dried like both the pot and this this mixing bowl were not clean perhaps what you're seeing is <laughs> is my elbow grease <laughs> So, and, but I wasn't going to say anything to you. I totally appreciate you, and I'm doing it in air quotes, cleaning. And and I, I even more even more than the cleaning, I appreciate you offering to do it. It's just a really helpful thing. And um, but you should appreciate the cleaning I, more than the thought of me cleaning because <laughs> I'm actually cleaning. But you're not. It. I don't know if it counts. Does it count if you clean something if you don't get it clean? Like if you scrub a or the toilet bowl, but it's not clean. You, I mean, you attempted to clean it, but you failed, just like with the dishes. I wouldn't say you cleaned them. I would say you partially cleaned them. And again, I appreciate it. I would have never brought this up. But so what you're saying is you, my offer to clean up after dinner is a hollow gesture? Well, we both know it's a hollow gesture, but I, I, I do Did appreciate Did you say a hollow it. jester? <laughs> That's my new pup name, the hollow jester. <laughs> So anyway, I appreciate you you attempting to clean. I wish you were a little better at it, <laughs> and then I wouldn't have to <laughs> come in at the end. Do you wish that I would also <laughs> soak overnight? Sometimes in a, in a pot full of soap. Sometimes, yes, in your your human brine. But um, my human brine. <laughs> anyway. It was a lovely meal. It was a lovely cleanup afterwards. Well, it was nice of you to compliment and yourself when, on the lovely meal. And after I said that last night, by the way, I said, I'll have to clean up. And you said, and you got a little bit annoyed. And um, I said, okay, I'll leave these for you. So I left the three glass bowls. And I said, but I'm going to end up cleaning them in the morning. And then when, when I came down this and that, morning. And I said, you you won't know that until the morning. And when you came down this morning, morning they, they were, were clean, put away, dried. No, that's not true. When I came down this morning, they were still okay. in the Okay, when sink. you came down this morning. Soaking. But when you left the room and came back a couple of hours later in late, mid to yes. late morning, they were dry, that cleaned, and put away. Well, I haven't inspected them, so they were dry. They were put away. I, I don't yet know <laughs> if they were clean. They may have a residue of elbow grease. <laughs> But I appreciate it. I truly do. <laughs> One of the things I've enjoyed having time to do during the quarantine is to read the newspaper. And for us, we get our Hartford Current delivered. And um, it's not the most enjoyable reading these days. But. Oh my, no, it's not. But but the process of reading and feeling like you know what's going on yesterday. <laughs> 
is helpful. And uh, but I don't know if this is from the Sunday paper. I think it may have been. But one of my favorite articles recently was the column, um, an article that says, "At home, you should still get dressed every day." That was the headline. Yeah, I saw that article from the Boston Globe or the LA Times or someplace, getting getting pilloried online. And and I have to say, while I applaud the provocative. Uh, you know the, the the columnist's job to stir the pot. Uh, I ain't feeling the get dressed for work. But but that's quarantine. not what this headline says. I oh. just appreciated the headline at oh, home. They're just suggesting mark, you get you dressed. You should still get dressed every day. You shouldn't be walking I think, around yeah, in the. I agree wholeheartedly with that. You do agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, but I think the article is about getting dressed up each day. Um, yeah, it was just talking about uh, yeah making you feel better if you get dressed in your work clothes or just not laying around in sweats or pajamas all day. And as we speak, you're in a hoodie and sweats and sort of fluffy My slippers. slippers from. Uh, but I'll say that, this: uh, I that, never... that Donna Reed used to bring her <laughs> husband at the end of the workday in 1957. Right? I um I never spend the day in my pajamas. And when I wake up in the morning, like I always get dressed. Well, it just course happens not. that I haven't left uh, the Hugh house Hefner. today. I mean, who besides Hugh Hefner spends right. the day well, in I'm their pajamas? Well, I'm just saying, like I am in clean. I, I could actually leave the house in these sweats. So I, I'm, I've, I'm showered. I'm, well, of course you can you leave know. the house in those sweats. Everybody leaves the house in those sweats. It's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's not but necessarily not a pleasant thing house. to see at the grocery store. Are you impugning my choice of clothing today we're we're in eighth week of quarantine i'm wearing clean uh, uh, clothes uh, uh, i'm a i'm a clean person who's who's cleaned up after your cleaning but that's 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 four cleans in one sentence so you're obviously a clean person i'm no, no i'm not impugning okay have i ever impugned anything about you i don't know one of my one of my favorite um things so far of the quarantine is our nine-year-old has learned how to make mama her coffee. You know, early in the quarantine, I was saying, mama makes a good cup of coffee. Well, now she makes us, well, us, she makes me my coffee. And my favorite part of it was the other day, she said, she said you know, I'm your um, Bartista. And I said, I just looked at her and she knew that wasn't quite right. And I said, you're my what? And she said, oh, I'm your Barbista. <laughs> And then she corrected herself quickly. Ah, you're barista. And she's totally gotten into it. So now when she makes me my coffee, she puts on her apron. She like writes my name on a sticky note, puts it on the cup. And of course, after she gives me my coffee, I give her a dollar tip. But uh, it's pretty good. A nine-year-old can, it's really can good. make and, a and whole fact, pot of joe and then uh, make the cup of she's, coffee. She, before she hands you the coffee, she puts a, a post-it note on it yeah. and writes your name and, and, and my order. order number and what the order is. And... Uh, she's been doing this for a few days now. And speaking of cleaning, if that's the theme of this program, uh, yesterday I pulled out of the dishwasher, dishwasher which ran uh, <laughs> overnight, and woke up this morning in the morning and pulled out two mugs out of the dishwasher, both of which had uh, post-it notes kind of uh, uh, flash sealed to the cup. Yeah. The the the, the uh, post-it notes stayed on the cups when they went to the dishwasher and came out of the dishwasher. Um, Intact. I was kind of surprised about that post-it note. You can barely get them to stick on the first time, and for it to make it all the way through a whole cycle of the wash was pretty good. But it was interesting because she's had the bar- Bartista Barbista confusion. She also, we've been telling all 
a litany of dad jokes, mostly at bedtime now, um, all of us. Most of them read from lists off the internet, and and um, she did say she likes to throw in her own without consulting the internet, and she said the other day, why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, one. I mean seven, eight, six. <laughs> No, and then she she eventually got it right, which which is is it was is a much so better much joke. funnier when she said seven eight one yes. because it was unexpected. That was bedtime, and so her sister, I thought she was being subversively. You her know, older like sister, a, who she shares a room with, just busted out laughing because it's not because seven eight one, but that made the joke so so much better. It's 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 it may as well be. Yeah, true. Who's to, who's to just say? <laughs> well, the other thing she did, we've been just loving watching The Masked Singer, the show. What's it on Fox? Yes. And um, and the kids have watched past seasons of it. If you haven't seen The Masked if Singer, like seen, the premise yeah. is absurd, but it's delightful to watch with the kids. Like a semi-celebrity, a celebrity comes out, but you don't know who they but are. But like, like, uh, like uh, uh, um, uh, somebody who was on a show. Like when we were in college yeah, yeah. or something. But, but, but instead of saying, I think it's... Uh, who has been? Who? Well, first set it up like they're in these elaborate, beautiful yeah. costumes, so you cannot see them. They're 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 speaking voices disguised, and then they come out and either rap or sing. Okay, so like Joey Fatone was one of the mass yeah. singers. Spoiler alert! But instead of saying, I think it's Joey Fatone, they will say, "Is that um, Billy Joel? Is it Barack Obama? <laughs> right. Could it be Brad Pitt?" So they they Those they, are they, actual they so for fifty nine minutes of the show, you're hanging on what what global superstar will this be? And then it's not any of those people. Right. It's um, actually uh, Gronk was one of them. I didn't see his, but I think he was came out and was rapping. But anyway, the kids, they rarely know who the celebrity is inside the mask, but they love the show. And it's, I love well, Once they're unmasked, they rarely know who the celebrity yeah, right, is. Right, exactly. Right, once sure. they're unmasked, they still don't know. Once once they've given the person's right. name. And, um, and so we, we were watching this show the other day. And um, Latoya Jackson, I, I don't know if she was on season one or season two, but she was the singer who was unmasked. And I was in the other room and I just called in to the kids and I said, oh, that's Michael Jackson's sister. And that's when our youngest said, wait, that's the best basketball player in history's sister? I said, no, not Michael Jordan's sister. <laughs> that's Michael Jackson's sister. Look, she looks exactly like him. <laughs> So anyway, I would. Um, I think it's on on. Was it on Wednesday nights? Tuesday nights. I have no nights? idea. But wouldn't you agree? It's been a. Um, the kids have enjoyed it. The the kids have enjoyed. It. I enjoy it because like I can tolerate it, and the kids enjoy it. So it's been fun to watch with them. The other peculiarity of the Mass Singer is it's host by it's hosted by Nick Cannon, who does a great job, but he has difficulty. He has a strange pronunciation of the show's title. He calls it the Mass. Singer is that yeah. an approximation? Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. Every time he says singer, he says singer. Yeah, it's really interesting. He's a terrific host, though, because he was also a host of what AGT. I don't yeah, I think so. One um, of those shows, but um, I but think that's I appreciate the skill that it takes to be a host of those. You shows. mentioned Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, and Michael Jordan. We've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary, and this Sunday night, it opened on the 1998 NBA All Star Game at Madison Square Garden in the Eastern Conference team's locker room, Michael Jordan's team's locker room, and you were settling in on the couch uh, for the show and kind of glanced up from your phone and dropped 
Tim Hardaway is sitting in my locker. <laughs> I, it was really, really cool to see the, the, that footage because that's exactly right when I was playing for the New York Liberty. I played for the New York Liberty from 1997 through 2001. And, uh, and we used the New York Knicks locker room and their like hangout room. That, we shared that space. I actually had the same um, locker as Patrick Ewing. And so, Who must not have had his own locker if he was on that Eastern Conference team in the All Star game. He was in a suit. They showed later him oh, right. coming in That's in a right. suit, so he must have been injured or whatever. Um, but yeah, exactly. So yeah, so when they're showing the locker room, it was completely familiar. The whiteboard that the stuff is written on, just completely familiar. And um, and what was cool too, a little bit later in that same episode, they were showing the Bulls at the Garden in the visitor team locker room, which I had been in playing with the Connecticut Sun and with Houston when we had come back to play at the Garden. But um, yeah, even like when he's walking through kind of the bowels of the arena past all the pictures on the walls. Like I made that walk a million times, you know, and, and spent so much time in the locker room. So it was really, it was really interesting. And I, I was at that all-star game because I think they had like a, um, they, you know, they, they did, it wasn't a skills competition, but it was something like that, that they did on Friday. I guess it must've been Friday night, Saturday night. And it was a legend, a WNBA player, and an NBA player, and at least in my memory, it was me, Alan Houston, and I forget who the legend was, and like one person took a free throw, another took a three, another took a half-four shot, or something like that. I thought you were going to say it was you, Alan Houston, and you forget who the WNBA player was. (laughs) Um, And and anyway, it was, um, I believe it was that night, but again, I was back behind in like the bowels of the arena, and Kobe Bryant walked by in his full, like in his uniform, he was going to participate in something and he just came by that's the first time I ever met him he just came by and said hey Rebecca and I said hi Kobe um but uh so yeah so to see that all-star game as part of the Jordan documentary just brought back a ton of kind of cool memories and the other sometime in the previous week I don't think you talked about it last week was the 96 Olympic gold medal game was on TV all these sports reruns and you said you don't remember sitting on the bench was on the other side of the scorer's table, you thought, in your memory. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. It was, I, I said to you, because um, I'd never seen the game um, until I saw it on TV. I'd never watched film of it, never seen it anywhere. And so that was the thing that was most striking to me. Like, if you had asked me which bench did the USA sit on, like the right or left bench, I would have said, you know, I bet, you know, whatever. We, I'm 90% certain that we sat on the left bench. And then when, we, when I was watching the game on TV, I was like, oh, my gosh, we were on the other one. Like, it's so funny how your brain can play tricks on you like that. Shall we go to viewer mail? Yeah. Let's... You've got a, you have a remorseless schedule of, of hiking and walking. I've got a socially, to. I've got on my schedule for the week, a, a socially distanced walk with a friend. So, yes. So, let's, we got a lot of viewer mail. Let's try to whip through as much of it as we can. John, our resident net supplier, writes, I'm not sure if you guys have heard or seen the TikTok challenge of destroying puzzles as they're finished. I've attached one of the many on TikTok. My girls told me about this challenge, so I had to see it for myself. This is absolutely brutal. What would happen in your house if this occurred? So the puzzle's finished. As soon as it's finished, you put the last piece in, somebody comes and destroys it. Rebecca? Well... That would be a lot easier to swallow than if they came in and destroyed it before you finished it. Are you sure that's not what's happening? 
Well, I can't open the attachment actually, but uh, oh, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll I'll look into it, see what it's all about. By the way, John, hopefully by the time he hears this podcast, we'll have finally gotten his swag. I did send out some swag this week. Well, I sent out I stuffed some envelopes. You sent it out. Yes. Right. Yeah. We got the postage, the proper postage. We hope. So depending on how swiftly or slowly the. Um, U.S. Postal Service mail is going these days. Uh, people should be getting swag if they requested it. And if you requested it and you didn't get it the next week, let me know and we'll send some more out. Um, Beck, you shared last week or the week before your Muppet McGraw moment. She um, yes. asked you if you were going to sign Notre Dame at her dinner table, right? Yes, in her kitchen. Yeah. Um, did you? Uh, no. I okay. Um, well, <laughs> Our family's Muffet moment, writes Roger, the waving Colorado cyclist, um, brought back me- your memory brought back memories of his. When my daughter was young and already a big UConn and Ann Strother fan, and she was from Colorado, yes. and just starting to play basketball herself, her YMCA coach was the wife of the head coach of the team that would go on to win the state championship. Abby Wainer, who was being recruited heavily by multiple teams, including UConn and Notre Dame, played on that team. My daughter's YMCA team got to the championship game and actually sat right behind the team as they played. When they won, Coach McGraw, who had come to watch Abby play, congratulated the team as they were celebrating. Since several players had come to the YMCA practices to help these young girls learn the game, and Abby was there off, and the YMCA team was thrilled to be there celebrating with the new state champions. Just as Muffet was coming up to congratulate Abby and her teammates, Abby had picked up my daughter to give her a big hug, and as she put her down to shake Coach McGraw's hand, my daughter turned around, and the big smile on Coach McGraw's face broke into a frown for just a second. As she looked at my daughter, the girl Abby had just been hugging was proudly rocking her latest UConn National Championship (laughs) t-shirt. How great is that? Abby um, actually ended up going on to play uh, at Duke. I covered her. She was on some really good... Duke teams, then it did a little bit of work um, for ESPN before getting into coaching. But um, <laughs> that's a great story. I can imagine the look on Coach McGraw's face <laughs> when she saw the UConn shirt. Okay, George, our uh, our resident eye doctor in Columbus, sends us a um, a quiz. A quiz. A quiz. A, a um, ball and chain quiz. Do we have to be wearing a, a monocle or a uh, jeweler's loop to take uh, it? We, we should be wearing both of them. As requested, I've compiled the list of ball and chain brought to you by his openings. And he includes an audio file of Come on. what I assume is every ball and chain opening. Every brought to you by. How long is the file? Can you I, see? I, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I'm going to be listening to this. I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm reading these viewer mails for the first time as we're as we're doing this. Um, before I send the complete list, I will challenge you with BTYB trivia. The answers will come with the subsequent email. Good luck and have fun. So this is a quiz on brought to you by. Ready, Rebecca? I'm ready. You have 122 podcasts. How many did not open with brought to you by? Do you have any idea? I think just one. There was one time where we forgot we to forget. do it, and Denny did did a cold open or something we for us. We always do do it at the end of the podcast yeah. and then attach it to the beginning. I think just one. How many brought to you by's involve someone other than Rebecca? Who were those people? Do you have any idea, Rebecca? D- well, Denny. Denny, yeah. Um, I think one time did we have one of our kids did one? One of our kids did it, I believe. Yeah, yes. so I think two. How often did Denny closely reference the brought to you by in the episode title? Oh, I don't know that. No idea. Two brought to you by's include the name of the same country. Which country? Not a clue. In one brought to you by regarding Steve's book, Rebecca got it right, but Denny got it wrong. How? How many seconds of podcast does the typical brought to you by take? I would guess about eight. Yeah, about And what was your landmark 100th episode brought to us by? Do you know? No idea. Yes, I have no life, writes George, but I'm not very good at puzzles. Um, But what what I like best about the brought to you by's 
is your voice. You use your high grand voice, the voice you used to use when Which talking to your grandmother. Which is not the same the voice I use when um, when I'm talking to you about cleaning the pots and pans. And, and sure enough, George has later here a uh, um, brought to you by Audiophile and brought to you by Trivia Answers. I see later in this queue, so we'll have to get to those. Thank you very much, George. Um, we will give the brought to you by Audiophile a listen, and maybe we can uh, uh, play it next week. Hi, you two, writes June from Georgia. I just wanted to say I think it's great that your youngest wants to paint rocks and leave them along the trail. You never know. It could be the best part of someone's day finding it all the best, June from Georgia. Well, yesterday when... Um the day after we had we left the rocks there, I was back in there on a different trail, and I found these two small, really beautifully painted rocks that we hadn't done, somebody else had done, and put them on the trail, and it made me happy to see somebody else's rocks. So yes, hopefully, hopefully they're making people happy and, and not angry. The next viewer mail uh, comes from Chris Chris in Cheshire. That's hard to say. That's Chris almost in like Cheshire? Pete in Pacific Palisades. Chris in Cheshire. I, that's a tongue twister for me. Okay. Um, and he says nice things about the podcast. Thank you very much. He had an urgent dental situation and Wednesday that meant he had to actually leave his house and go to an emergency dentist with whom he was unfamiliar and uh, got to listen to B and C in the car. We're all commuting less, obviously, and, and so um, we have to make time for these things. Uh, what a pleasant surprise, Chris writes, to hear just at the end my mother-in-law's viewer mail re- recounting our socially distant Easter and a shout out for me. That was all it took to calm my nerves about my visit to the mystery dentist. Um, Then later in the second episode, Steve recounted his visit to RJ Julia. I too have been amazed by the toy store next door whenever I've driven by. We've completed all four of the puzzles we got there, by the way. Um, Last summer, I had the pleasure of exploring the store sans children, no less, prior to Steve's book signing for Knights in White Castle. I found it serendipitous that your eldest daughter accompanied Steve on both adventures to the bookstore. For the two of you, it must be your place. Am I right? You are absolutely right. And she used to love getting the the, the $9 smoothies there at Ray Allen's... um, Grown restaurant. Grown restaurant, but that is no longer the restaurant at RJ Julia in um, Middletown. Finally, Rebecca's mention of Boom Boom Sauce was a bittersweet moment for the teacher in me, writes Chris. Boom Boom Sauce is a spicy dipping sauce that comes with school cafeteria lunches of chicken tenders. With her own three kids at home, your stories always bring up fun memories of her own children, and I can't wait uh, to run your hometown road race in my own hometown in central Connecticut. What a pleasant distraction. We forgot to mention that. We ran the virtual uh, road race. Well, we walked it. We walked the virtual road race, and we walked it around the... High school the, track, and that that reminds me, you uploaded named the, for your father. You you uploaded the whatever we were supposed to upload. I still have to do that. Yes, we walked it at the local high school track, which is named for my dad. Nineteen, I mean, two thousand and seventeen. Yes, that's when it was named for your track. Is when because they, yeah. it says so on the sign, and our right. our youngest said, "I feel like that was two thousand eighteen <laughs> when they named it." Uh, hi, guys from Chatham, Mass. Thanks for your podcast and continuing them through this. I've been going to the UK frequently for many years, uh, writes, this is from uh, Betsy. I have collected British weather forecast terms, and they are so clever and amusing. Shall we, Rebecca? Yes, you've peaked my So here are some of my favorites, and she writes favorites with a U. Uh, Squally showers, mean and moody. Mean and moody, Mm, I like that. Me too. Autumnal gales, autumnal gales. How great is that? Does it, who's it? I'd like to get Jackson? a couple of women who, named Gail. <laughs> who used walk to say, like, sub- the autumnal hues? Was that Keith Jackson or, I, I, or I Mark Jones? Somebody autumnal hues, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, bit soggy, quite blustery, pushing through at a pace. That's good. That is good. Uh, cracking start, cloud bubbling up, nippy start, misty murk today, temp will drop 
like a rock. Thought you would enjoy these. Thanks, Betsy. Thank you, Betsy. I do enjoy those. Uh, those are wonderful. British weather reports are something because it's it's usually the same report, but you have to come up with different ways of describing gray, wet weather. Uh, Jill writes, uh, Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I live in Middletown, Connecticut, and was delighted to hear you highlight our lovely Main Street bookstore and toy store in your last episode. I hope to see you strolling by sometime when strolling is a thing we do again. Be well, Jill. Thank you, Jill. Uh, there's no better place for strolling. I mean, we don't stroll off enough. We go for walks. We go for runs. But how often You're do we right. stroll? And there's Not no gr- you enough. can only really stroll down a boulevard. And that's what Main Street in Middletown is, shop-lined. Uh, perhaps twirling an umbrella. Well, I think I think technically, and this this isn't a boulevard in that sense. I think technically, possibly, I think of it as having a grassy median down the middle, possibly tree lined, perhaps uh, with flowers. But I think of the Champs Elysees, Rebecca, in in Paris. But uh, but a stroll somehow is different than just taking a walk. Taking a walk is it could be a grim forced march with the dog cleaning up poop and stuff a stroll is more you're twirling a, an unused rolled up umbrella perhaps going down the Champs-Élysées <laughs> going down the Champs-Élysées yes <laughs> if you were seeing your you know face as you were saying that you know what, you it know was I, so obnoxious I, I almost dropped my monocle what when I, I said think it. of is the the grass what did you see? The, the grassy medium, perhaps flowers, perhaps. I, I, I like you, like our like our eleven year old. When when perhaps the guy when, walking by with the spear when, picking up the trash. When you don't have a comeback, me. you say <laughs> you you repeat what I said, but it, <laughs> Do I need a comeback. I said I said I picture a boulevard something like the, the Champs Elysees, and you said the Champs Elysees. I mean, really. I mean, you know what? That is what half of our listeners are doing in their car right now. Oh, half really, Steve? Their shows. All of them are. I'm doing. <laughs> Thank you for defining Boulevard. <laughs> That's why our kids come to me for the definition of stuff, because I just tell them in three words, and you go off on. I think of the grassy median, perhaps fresh flowers. I just want to know what a Boulevard is, Dad. Well, look it up, man. Okay. I mean, what's next? What, what, about, what do you want me to give you a Merriam-Webster's definition? No, I don't. I well, want you to give me just what you gave me. All right. What's next? Tom, not your brother Tom, in Virginia writes, uh, your ongoing discussion of quaint British terminology in recent episodes brought to mind a favorite of mine, budgie, short for budrigar, what Americans know as a parakeet. Even more, and I'm sure I've butchered uh, the full name of a budgie, but I'm hoping our resident birder can correct me. Even more delightful is a term I learned via the great British baking show, budgie smuggler, a much more colorful description for what Americans would characterize as a speedo. A budgie smuggler is what we refer to as a speedo. Yes. I very much like that. (laughs) That phrase. I mean, not that, not, the not that article of clothing, not the visual. Okay, this comes from uh, Catherine O in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I've been an avid listener to Ball and Chain since the first episode. Keep up the great work, thank you, Catherine. In recent weeks, you shared your family's love of puzzling. Historically, I've been a puzzled puzzler. While I like the idea of working jigsaw puzzles, I lack the patience to find just the right spot for troublesome pieces. I realize that my puzzling skills, and that is a stretch, are twofold. One, the separator slash organizer, similar to Rebecca's acumen. Two, the placer of the final piece, various Russian family members, albeit while remembering to not place final piece in a jacket pocket. Well, uh, Catherine, no offense here, but those are, I mean, the the organizer is 
yeoman's work and uh, a great asset to any puzzling enterprise. But the place of the last piece is really not helping anybody. We um we don't have that we person. Have, we we have, don't have the placer of the last we piece. We have because a, a child who, who seizes a piece and and hangs on to it until all the other pieces are placed, and then she shows up in the room. But no, but but even bigger than that, she's the placer of the second-to-last piece because we finished the puzzle yesterday. That's true. We finished a thousand-piece puzzle, a brand fresh new, out of the box. fresh out of the box, cellophane-wrapped, and 999 pieces later, we have our puzzle, and we cannot, uh, once again... I mean, how many times? It's uh, every single if it time. happened once. Almost this has never do we have a complete four puzzle. Four or five times of a brand new puzzle. Well, it, while, while Catherine O oh is not a gifted puzzler, she is. She writes a gifting puzzler. With so many people were discovering the fun of jigsaw puzzles, she embarked on a search for various brands and levels of difficulty. She checked the usual sources: local toy stores, Amazon, etc., and came up dry. However, all hope wasn't lost. She tapped into a local department store, Macalu's. They have a variety available on their website, and I was able to order a number, see photos below, and here they are, which arrived in record time yesterday evening, as she writes this. She made the list, checked it twice to ensure she had the right puzzles for the right families, and proceeded to deliver these puzzles that she, uh, and there are many, many puzzles here, uh, to various families in her neighborhood and neighboring towns. She is the quarantine clause. She is quarantine clause, exactly. I mean, what an amazingly thoughtful and wonderful thing to do, because puzzles are still... um, pretty difficult to find we've had a best luck going to independent toy stores we, you know you went to that one in middletown our our local one neckers and simsbury um has had puzzles we were w- yesterday ravensburger Ravensburger, was once again ridiculously generous and sent us a couple puzzles in the mail that we still get to do including one, of them one ate- that our that our 13 year old is now doing that is something like 650 ish pieces entirely silver I've never seen a puzzle like One this. One color, entirely silver, and and it and it spirals out from a central kind of rounded piece in the center. It, it is, it's the entire thing is the exact, and it's the it's, same hue. It's, it's the same color. It's silver. It's diabolical, and, and it comes she, with a piece map. Each piece is is, is unique. She and is in she's heaven, filling in the piece on this diagram as she as she does the puzzle. She's um she's she's loving it, and then they also and included also was a five thousand, a five thousand five thousand piece, yeah. piece puzzle. So um. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for puzzles, certainly check your uh, any local independent toy store. I think that's your best bet. Well, Ralph in Maryland uh, was in the supermarket, and um, during the pandemic, he has decided to go through every aisle to see if there are items he could use or may want to try. One such item is chicken in a biscuit, a an old throwback oh, to delicious a, cracker. We uh, we talked about it on the podcast. Not only I mean, does- only delicious that it's like a. A little morsel of a cracker the best, smothered in the most and the best part is, salt you've is, ever had. Is biscuit is spelled B-I-S-K-I-T. Yes. Uh, I bought a box, and they do contain, quote, dehydrated cooked chicken. They taste, they taste chicken-y. I thank you for referring to them in a previous podcast, although I do not plan to buy them again. <laughs> we haven't bought them again either. You, you feel well, like a dehydrated I, chicken after eating those things. They are so salty. I certainly would buy them again. Well, yes, you would. Did you notice what I purchased when I went to the grocery store on my weekly trip on Monday? And they've been hidden, so the kids could not eat them all the second I, I got home. We got a box of White Castles hidden in the freezer. Kids don't know about them, so whenever you want them, they're all ah, yours. The, the, if they're in the freezer but for more than a day, the kids know about them. No, no, no. They're in the um, they're in the basement freezer. Um, there are several places that do kindness rocks. Um, 
writes Husky fan, East Hampton does it on the airline trail and also on a stone wall at Sears Park. Uh, so taking and replacing rocks is a beautiful thing. Keep up the great work as parents and podcasters. Um, we've been to East Hampton. Uh, there's a link here to a uh, to a story on WFSB last week. So um, well, the the girl it's good to know the girlfriend who. Um, her daughter and our daughter, they're the ones who collected the rocks and painted the rocks, and then we brought the rocks back. And she said her older son, she has a, a high school-age son, <laughs> had been walking in one of the parks around here, and he, there had been a rock in there that had been painted pr- it beautifully, and it said on it, Hope, H-O-P-E, Hope. And he thought it was really pretty, and so he took it. <laughs> and she said to him, she said, you can't, you can't take the painted rock. She said, especially right now when people need hope more than they've ever needed hope. You stole hope. You stole hope. And it sounds like a show that's coming up on CBS right after football. Stealing, Stealing hope. hope. I mean, how Right after 60 Minutes, right? And so he said, oh, like he hadn't even thought about it like that. He's like, oh, okay, I'll bring the rock back. At this, t- at this time in our lives when people need hope more than ever, you're stealing hope. <laughs> well. Well, and my the, favorite was when we first started, and she probably will not be happy that I'm telling this story, but when we first started painting the rocks, and our daughter, our nine-year-old, the first rock she painted, <laughs> what did it say? Stay home. <laughs> Remember? Well, yeah, yeah, stay home. But another one that she painted said... Um, if said, you're uh, bored. No, no, said said, turn over. And when you turn it over, the other side said... You just took orders from a rock. Right. So she had that one. So she had the not, one that we're said, not trying to mock the hikers. She had the one that said, stay home. And we said, you know what? People are out in where they're supposed to be getting exercise. We're not going to put that one in there. And then we did let her put the one in that she, it's painted. And inside it, it says, um, if you're bored, paint rocks. <laughs> Do you know where we should paint and place some rocks? Where? The Champs-Élysées. Uh, perfect. The aforementioned Pete and Pacific Palisades writes, uh, the show is always terrific. It dances close to the slippery slope of verbal silliness, and it appears to me that six weeks in quarantine has pushed you right over the edge. The header on this email is, by the way, Gator, Gator, Goiter, and, uh, which is great because who doesn't like verbal silliness? Two of my favorite chestnuts from back in the day. If the 1998 Olympic star Peekaboo Street had married the New York Rangers star Jeff Bookaboom, she would have been Peekaboo Bookaboom. I dare you to say it only once. Or if the early technology company Fairchild Semiconductor had merged with the conglomerate Honeywell, the resulting company could have been called, wait for it, Farewell Honeychild. I like it. Keep up the good work, but none none of it approaches uh, the sonorous quality of Pete and Pacific Palisades. True. On that note. Well, we we can't get to, we'll, we'll get to the rest of your email next week. Our daughter just came down to say you're late for the hike with, with uh, her. The socially and, distanced hike. Yes. yes. So we will. And George has attached the audio file and has attached the answers to his trivia question. So we'll give readers we'll give those next week. Uh, a week to marinate, and then uh, we'll give those next week. We'll get to these other viewer mails. There's some. Um, there are a lot of good ones here, and um, we'll let Tom, Dick, and Harry play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. 
Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in this cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane